0: This episode is sponsored by Sprout Living. We are very excited to share all about our favorite new plant-based protein powders by Sprout Living. Sprout Living is delicious and we really appreciate the nourishing quality ingredients. Sprout Living protein powders are all USDA organic, vegan, grain-free, soy-free, gluten-free, nut-free, kosher, and non-GMO with a pumpkin seed, yellow pea, and sunflower seed protein blend that offers up to 26 grams of plant-based protein and superfoods, herbs, and spices. They offer sample packs so you can try all their delicious flavors, including original chocolate maca, vanilla lucuma, and green kingdom.
1: What makes sprout living different from most plant-based powders is that they avoid the unnecessary additives that many others on the market use. That means they don't use any gums, thickeners, or natural flavoring, which isn't really natural at all. Instead, they only use real whole superfoods and adaptogens, which is cool because it makes the blends multifunctional. I love to use the chocolate maca blend with cashew butter, chia seeds, flax milk, frozen blueberries, and spinach to make a decadent smoothie that tastes just like a chocolate shake. If you want to try Sprout Living, you can save 20% off your order by using code CWPODCAST. Visit www.sproutliving.com and use code CWPODCAST, one word, to save 20% off. They also offer free shipping and a 100% money-back guarantee.
0: Give them a try and let us know if you love it as much as we do. You can also find direct links in the show notes. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches
1: and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time.
0: It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best.
1: And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness.
0: This episode is brought to you by NED. Let's talk about CBD. The CBD market feels really saturated these days, doesn't it? It seems like you can get it at any coffee shop or grocery store, and many CBD brands actually source their hemp from industrial hemp farms in China. The brand that we love, and more importantly, the brand that we trust, is Ned. Ned produces some of the highest quality CBD available in the world, and Erica and I only partner with brands that we ourselves use. Ned shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products, and their extraction process all right there on their website. Ned is also USDA certified organic with all products extracted from USDA certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Paonia, Colorado. How is that for knowing exactly where your CBD comes from?
1: We have both been longtime users of NED. I rely on the full-spectrum hemp oil to help with anxiety, and the Hormone Balance Blend has been a game-changer as I transitioned off of birth control. And today, we want to talk about NED's new product, which has been in development for over a year, the De-Stress Blend. I've gone through two bottles since it's come out, and I could not be more obsessed with the benefits and the effects. This one-to-one formula of CBD and CBG is made from the world's purest full spectrum hemp and check out these ingredients. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. Ashwagandha is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. And the delicious taste of this blend is thanks to the botanical infusion of cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that supports your gut health, a key player in your mental health. And cardamom combats stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Also, Ned's quality speaks for itself. The products have over 1,500 five star reviews, and they work with incredible partners within the medical field like Dr. Carolyn Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and
0: Dr. Will Cole, who has been a two time guest on this podcast. If you'd like to give Ned a try, Courageous Wellness listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code CW Podcast. Visit helloned.com slash CW Podcast to get access. That's H E L L O N E D.com forward slash CW Podcast to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. You can also find a link in our show notes. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to
1: this week's episode of Courageous Wellness. We are actually recording this a little bit in advance because Allie is going to be in France when this airs lucky girl. <laughs> what are you most? So I thought for this intro, maybe you could share. What are you most excited about, about being in France right now? What do you, I know you guys go a
0: lot. So like, what well, are your favorite it's been, things? to it's do? It's been a long time though, because of the pandemic. So we don't go a lot, but my in-laws do live there. So that's pretty nice. <laughs> um, most looking forward to seeing family, um, seeing a bunch of family from kind of all over Europe and, um, And so, yeah, excited about that, excited about kind of being in the countryside. They live in the countryside. So like disconnected a little bit, like having a bit of a summer kind of, I don't know, break from it all. And in such a beautiful setting, I mean, it's sort of idyllic. And there's something interesting about going, I think, to Europe in general, where there's so much more like... History is the wrong word, but there's so much more sort of like, even in the architecture and like the buildings, like even just like normal houses that people live in, they're so much older. So there's more like, I don't know, sometimes there's a different feeling of groundedness, especially than like in Southern California, like a building is old if it's from the 1950s, but like (laughs) The the buildings like you know where we're in are from like the 1700s, which is like kind of young as far as Europe goes. But um, it's so yeah, it's a different sense of like I don't know. You can just feel the kind of the history
1: around it and the food. I mean, oh, I was God, actually just watching a TikTok about um, it was I think a girl or a woman who is from Australia. She grew up in Australia, but she's lived in England, and now she lives in Los Angeles. And she basically was talking about like the difference in the quality of food with like this even packaged food, the same brands of food. Um, it was so funny because she said she got sick once. And like, she was trying to find lozenges that don't have like red dye 40 or something. Cause <laughs> it's banned in Australia. And yeah. she couldn't, she went to six different pharmacies and couldn't find it wow. the same brand. And, um, I forget what else, but there was like a packaged food, comfort food that she really wanted. And, um, she got it in America, and it, she got sick and yeah. she had, she compared, she had her mom send her a picture of the packages and, um, the sugar was like tripled in yeah. the American package. Uh, and it's the same
0: package, same brand, same, same brand. It's just because different. of like regulations that actually are in place to protect people. <laughs> from, from. Places well, that we don't yeah. have here.
1: Different, different conversation, but but tangent, I'm very excited for you to eat. Oh, me too. All the the food. food is
0: so delicious. I can even handle a little bit of dairy there, which I can't handle here. I know. But like a little goat's cheese or something. Oh, it's so, I mean, you know, French- Cuisine is just like it's so good, luxurious. I definitely want. I want to put it
1: out there that I hope next summer I can like come and visit I you guys. You come. Um, and we can do a little courageous wellness. Oh, that friends. would that be would amazing. Be, but I hope um everyone follow us on Instagram because I'm encouraging Allie to share as much as possible so we can all have like travel lust from her <laughs> her, yeah. her pictures and posts. Yeah, yeah, yes. I'm really so, excited.
0: Um. So you're yeah, I'm France. excited too. So I'm in France. So this is from the future, <laughs> <I'm> Feeling <laughs> the future very in France. Um,
1: but we, um, we do have a great episode today with yeah. Cute Blackson. He is like a really, um, he's a motivational speaker. He's an inspirational speaker. He really works with, um, different people all over the world to help us yeah. really retrain, like the way we think about life and, and thought patterns. And like, I just felt like it was a really, um, really beautiful conversation that blew my mind, um, multiple times in the conversation. So I'm really excited for everyone to hear it.
0: And what's cool. And we'll get into his formal intro in just a minute. But one thing I do remember too, from our conversation was, um, shares his personal journey growing up and, um, and he, you know, he shares about this decision that he had to kind of make to truly live authentically yeah. to himself and being able to sort of understand identify trust that kind of inner knowing or inner wisdom that we all have um but sometimes it's hard to listen to that over over outside influence and um so i i think that story that he shares with us is also really moving um so yeah i'm yeah. interested in let us know what you think and um if you have any you know thoughts or uh, comments after the episode um we're always We're always welcoming a conversation,
1: slide into those
0: DMS or send us an email
1: because DMS get lost. I don't understand how Instagram does it, but it's, it's not, if we haven't responded to your DMS, send us an email because the best way to get in touch with us. Um, But before we get into the episode, we do want to remind everyone that today's episode is sponsored by milk and honey, and we love milk and honey. Um, I actually need to replenish my deodorant, which I get through them. I've been using their aluminum-free baking soda-free deodorant for years now. And it was the only one that didn't give me those like red bumps when I switched over. And it did pass the smell test after a lot of Los Angeles's very intense boutique fitness classes. So, um, I love it. I, I love the milk and honey deodorant, but all milk and honey products are truly incredible. They use hyper-clean non-toxic safe and organic ingredients when possible. And they make absolutely no compromises in their ingredient safety standards. And so the whole milk and honey line is amazing. I also use their gel cleanser. Um, I know Ali, you love the body scrub, like all of the milk and honey products are amazing, but they also carry in their online boutique top brands, like Osea Malibu, super goop. I got my glow screen there, moon juice products, uh, virtue, um, They have a really great list of vetted products that they supply on their online boutique and in their spas. And so, if you want to save 20% on any product, you can visit milkandhoney.com and shop their online boutique. And if you want to check out their spas, they offer massages facials, med spa treatments. You can also save 20% in their spas in Texas, Los Angeles, and Chicago, also with code CW podcast. So check that out. And let us know what you think, what you buy, what you're enjoying. And uh, now we can get into Coot's intro. So I'm going to start us off, if that's okay, Allie. But today on the podcast, we welcome Coot Blackson, transformational speaker and national bestselling author of You Are the One. Coot has been recognized as the mindfulness guru that billionaires go to for advice by Inc Magazine. And his new book, The Magic of Surrender is a guide to help move past inner struggles to discover the power of letting go of control and how letting go leads to everything we desire.
0: Typically, surrender is considered passive, but Coot wants to show people it isn't about giving up, it's about being strong and courageous. It's about tapping in. Koot explains how surrender is a key factor in the lives of so many great people throughout history and shows how readers can move past barriers in their life to discover the freedom and possibility on the other side of letting go. Kut shares with us his personal journey and he offers practical advice, tools and tips about how we can all practice the magic of surrender. All right, well, welcome, Coot. We are so excited to have this conversation with you today and happy to have you here as a guest. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's going to be um, something that Eric and I have been looking forward to. So just to share with our listeners, if, if anyone is not familiar with uh, you or the work that you do, can you share with us a little bit about your personal background, your story sure. and how that's led you into the space that you're in today?
2: Um, Let's see, I was born in Ghana, West Africa, my father's from Ghana, my mother's Japanese, I grew up in London, I live in the US and partly Mexico, so I feel like I'm a citizen of the world. Uh, For me, I was a very empathetic kid and so I always felt people suffering very deeply and there was always a part of me that wanted to alleviate the suffering of people that I felt and their pain. And I didn't know how I would do that as a kid and so Um, I just felt this impulse to help people, you know, And, and also growing up in London, One of my first memories was literally seeing a crippled woman crawling on the floor and she picks up the sand that this man walks on and wipes it on her face and stands up. And so week after week, I grew up in this environment of, you could say, miracles, you know, blind people seeing and deaf people hearing and people standing up out of wheelchairs. And so the same man who sand she picked up would would look at a woman in a wheelchair and he would say, why are you in this wheelchair? You're not sick, stand up. Um, You know, he would look at a person with crutches and say... Why do you have these crutches? And they would say, but i've been i've been I haven't been able to walk for ten years and and he would say, "Do you believe?" And so for me, a lot of people say, well, this was kind of extraordinary or unusual. It just felt normal. It just felt every day. It's all I knew. And I think it was a blessing in that sense because I grew up with that with the sense that there were no real limitations to life, that life was unlimited. And I think that was a real gift. And my this man was my father. And uh, he built 300 churches in Ghana, West Africa, considered the miracle, the miracle man of Africa, a very unique, spiritual, mystical human being. And I was blessed to grow up in that spiritual, mystical environment. Um, When I was age eight, uh, I started speaking my father's churches. Uh, He had a huge church in London, about four to five thousand people. When I was 14, I was ordained as a minister in my father's church, given the mandate to take over my father's operation, basically. And um, this wasn't the plan I had for my life. And so when it was announced, I, my heart kind of sank because I knew that like something felt off and my life was basically planned out for me. Um, I was going to take over. I was going to be his successor. And it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel authentic. It didn't feel true. But for me, I was too afraid, I think, to speak my truth. My fear was if I dared to be myself, if I dared to speak my truth, if I dared to tell him, if I dared to be who I really am, then I'm going to be abandoned. I'm going to ultimately lose my father's love and be alone. And I think so many of us, we we hold back who we really are in order to fit in, in order to conform, in order to get love and validation and this is what I did and it took me four years to of great turmoil and great discontent to uh and great stress to muster up the courage to speak to my father and tell him own oh, my truth and tell him I'm not taking over basically I turned 18 I looked into my future and I saw that I could follow the expected path for my life um, and be successful but if I didn't have myself, if I didn't have my truth, if I didn't have my authenticity, if I didn't have my integrity, what, what what kind of success is that, you know? And so I felt such a, when I projected into my future, age 20, age 30, age 40, age 50, I felt such a deep pain in my soul that it felt like a soul suicide. And uh, I decided to have the conversation that changed my life and tell him I'm not taking over. I I also felt this... Uh, profound calling in my soul to come to the U S to come to America. I wanted to come to the U to to Los Angeles, specifically Southern California, because as a kid, I was thinking to my father's bookshelf. I became very obsessed with personal growth and spirituality and meditation. And uh, I was thinking to my father's bookshelf and I'd see all of the self-help books and spiritual books, Eastern mystics and Western like Wayne Dyer, Louise Hay, Marianne Williamson. So age nine, age 10, I began reading and, uh, That gave me a sense that there was a whole nother world and possibility, maybe a whole nother way of impacting people through seminars and books and writing. So I had a dream of coming to the US, finding these teachers and authors and mentors and meeting them and going into this field. And uh, so when I was 18, I had the conversation and it was, I was freaking terrified. Um, People often say, you should be fearless in life. I was freaking terrified, uh, trembling, having the conversation. And uh, took every ounce of everything. I uh, told my father I'm not taking over. We didn't speak for two years. That was tremendously heartbreaking uh, for me to, to feel like I was breaking his heart as well as my heart. And then my life began. You know, I really feel like when you follow your soul and when you follow your truth and when you, when you don't compromise your integrity, you will always end up in the right place, even though the path that you take may not make any sense or might not be logical or might not be what you expect, but you'll always end up in the right place. And so when I had this conversation with my father, thrown into confusion and sort of unknown, um, long story short, I ended up winning a green card in the lottery and the green card lottery. And that's what brought me to, the DV1 green card lottery brought me to the US, two suitcases, One suitcase full of clothes, one suitcase full of self-help books, $800. And you know, one in the country landed in LA, began my journey and went and found many of the mentors and teachers and authors and then traveled the world in search of answers. You know, and I was always very fascinated and inquisitive and obsessed with the questions of like, who am I and why am I here? What's the purpose of life? Is the purpose of life just to wake up and make money and then die? Like, surely there has to be more to this thing than that. And so I traveled to Walked the Camino in Northern Spain uh, for 900 kilometers. I traveled to Thailand, studied with monks. I traveled to Israel, studied with rabbis. Ended up in India. And I uh, spent months there and had some profound experiences in India that really cracked me open to something deeper. And it was out of that that I came back to LA and started helping people one-on-one. Like, I felt so free. Like, I had nothing, to sh- no, no money, no fame, no name, no nothing, no bank account. But I felt such a sense of freedom that wasn't dependent on anything outside. And I wanted to share that with people. And one person came, another person came, had no idea what I was doing at the time, 18, 19 years ago. And another person came and life's transformed and people started traveling to see me. And it just evolved and grew from there. So.
1: Wow. Thank you. I mean, it's such Mm -hmm. an incredible journey. It's such an incredible journey as I'm sure you've heard so many times and now you've helped so many people and actually Ali and I met through our Buddhist practice. So we both practice Buddhism and have a Buddhist philosophy. And, um, it's so interesting because everything that you've spoken about, right? Like your deep belief in yourself, your purpose, your mission, right? Turning your pain into purpose, into mission, um, following this light, following these teachers and then helping others do the same. It's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. And I know that you work with and help people and have authored, um, so many books, including a new one that we're going to get to. I'm curious how, what the first step is for okay, individuals yeah. or anybody that's listening to this podcast who hears you and is <clears> like, <throat> Well, you're so amazing. Right. But there's this disconnect, right, between like, You're so amazing. Your journey's so amazing. You've done so much, but I could never do that. Right. Like, how yeah, do yeah. we bridge that disconnect so- between? having anybody who's listening ourselves included feel that kind of power in themselves that you're talking about
2: first i want to i just want to say as i answer that question and give maybe a couple of a first step is i believe that every human being is amazing in their own unique way and we all have our journeys and we all have our stories there's this i'm sure each of you you both have been through things that i haven't been through and if you told me i'd be like Holy shit! You've been through that, and there's people listening now that have been through pain and trauma and abuse, and you know so many different things, and they're still reaching for the light and things that perhaps if I went through, I would have given up or committed suicide already, you know. And 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 so I think we all have a different soul's journey. We all have a different dharma. We all have a different path in this lifetime and lessons that we're seeking to learn. That just happened to be mine in this incarnation, you know? And so, and what I will say is I think that when people say, well, that person's so amazing and, you know, Ku's amazing and, and Michael Jordan's amazing and Ali's amazing. They're so amazing. I think it's a cop-out. It, it, it's kind of an abdication of our own amazingness, a projecting of our own amazingness. Because if you're that amazing, then maybe I don't have to own how fucking amazing I am, you know? And, 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 and do the the mental, the emotional, spiritual work that it takes to step into that. So I just want to affirm: we're all amazing in our own unique ways. Just as a beginning, um, but we get conditioned. You know, all of us through life we get conditioned through pain, hurt, trauma, dysfunction, parents, society, media, religion, education system. You know, advertising. We get conditioned, and before you know it, like. As children, we come in as these whole, perfect, ama- amazing being. I've never met a child that isn't amazing. A child will jump like I haven't met one kid in my whole life that I've looked at and go, "You're such a disappointment, like, You're so dark and like uninspiring." Like every kid I've met will like it just lights me up. They will jump on the table and they will sing. They don't care if they can't sing like Bruno Mars. You know, every every. Kid, you know, before we're conditioned, they'll jump on the table naked and they're not wondering, how do I look on Instagram? What am I fat? What do people think? They're just being, they're in touch with the pure essence of their own being. This is just amazingness. But we lose touch with that. You know, we we, we, we meet our parents and they're just doing the best that they can do based on their upbringing and their childhood. And, you know, we're born into generational karma, generational traumas maybe dad is an alcoholic, maybe mom and dad are fighting, maybe mom is crazy, dad is crazy, you know, siblings are fighting, maybe there's pain, hurt, divorce. And so before you know, know it, we begin to shut down, disconnect and not feel. We begin to, sh- to develop all sorts of uh, strategies and defense mechanisms to shut down, disconnect, not feel the pain of what's going on around us. And those defense mechanisms begin to, to cover up our amazingness, to distort our amazingness, to, to, to inhibit the full expression of that amazingness underneath the patterns of conditioning, which are really survival mechanisms. And we learn all sorts of ways to suppress those feelings as a, as a coping mechanism. And those unfelt feelings begin to layer up and layer up and layer up and layer up before you know it, that light. That authentic amazingness that we, I think we all feel inside. We can all feel that spark of amazing inside of us, which is why someone could say, Wow, you're amazing. Or which is why we look at Kobe, you know, play or LeBron play, or we, we're so fascinated with the Oscars because we're looking at amazing. But the reason we can recognize and we're fascinating that is, is speaking to that part of us that perhaps is dormant, is, is, is hidden underneath the mountain of conditioning. So if we can recognize it, we have to own it, you know. But so, so we get conditioned to avoid pain, but we also get conditioned as a way to contort ourselves into a certain shape to become who we think we need to be, the sense of who do I need to be in order to get love, validation, and approval. For me, I thought I needed to be the perfect son, the appropriate one, the responsible one, taking care of everyone, could never have a bad day. And and, and so I have my own pattern of conditioning. And so before you know it, as human beings, our amazingness gets hidden underneath these patterns of, 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 of ways we've learned to contort ourselves to just, function and survive to avoid pain and get love. And we end up thinking that's who we are. And most of us, because we think that's who we are, we buy into that reality that this is is me. And so I think first, we can begin to question ourselves, because often we're not aware that we're conditioned. We're not aware that we're programmed. We think that, no, this is just who I am. This is just who I am. This is me, Erica, this is me. This is just, I'm just shy. I'm just, you know, uh, 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 unlovable. I'm just fill in the blank. And so I think we have to start questioning. We have to become aware that we're conditioned and start noticing and witnessing and becoming aware of our patterns of conditioning and programming. Awareness, I think is a first step. And then we have to have the courage to decide Am I going to transform in this lifetime? Am I really going to heal in this lifetime? Am I really going to use this life as an evolutionary kind of uh, opportunity and vehicle to heal, to transform? And part of that requires the willingness to feel and acknowledge those feelings that we've learned to suppress way underneath there that we've developed these uh, defense mechanisms in order so that we can go through life and never feel that pain again then we stay stuck in a limited shape and we're not able to, to to tap into that amazingness that's underneath it because we've learned to protect ourselves so that we don't feel the pain again of heartbreak, the pain again of abandonment, the pain again of not having those needs met. And so I think one of the, the other, the, the first places, maybe to be more specific where, where we can start, if we want to transform and if we want to break through. I always tell people that one of the things that keeps us stuck are all the lies that we tell ourselves. And as human beings, for some of the reasons I've mentioned, we lie to ourselves. Often we don't know that we're lying to ourselves, but we lie to ourselves about who we are, about what we want, about how we feel as a survival strategy and mechanism. We often don't know that we're lying to ourselves. And so we we, we stay in relationships that aren't aligned. You know, we continue in jobs for decades that where well, we're betraying our integrity or ourselves and we stay just out of fear or out of safety or survival, knowing this is not what the, the true reason for why we were born and put on the planet. And so first question I would invite people to sit with as a as a practice, you know, is and I would say there is no truth. There is no transformation without truth. That truth is for me, truth is real spiritual practice, truth is real yoga, truth is real meditation. Because when we start telling the truth, things move, life changes.
1: We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, Milk and Honey. Milk and honey is a female founded and funded brand that began as a luxury day spa in Austin, Texas, and has since grown to include eight locations across Texas and Los Angeles, California, as well as a line of bath body and skincare products. Born from the spa. One of milk and honey's best-selling products is the natural deodorant, which is loved by Zoe Kravitz and was featured in her Vogue's beauty secrets video. I've been using the baking soda free version exclusively for over two, three years. This gentle aluminum free baking soda free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. It never gave me any itchy red bumps when I switched over and passed the smell test even after an intense workout. It truly is the best and comes in two scents, lavender tea tree and lemon vanilla. In addition to clean deodorant, their online boutique also offers clean beauty products from top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, Supergoop, and more. Some favorite products of mine other than the deodorant include Milk and Honey's Gel Cleanser, Supergoop Glow Screen, and SPF 40, which I now buy on their site, and Osea's Body Oil and Vegas Nerve Oil, which activates the body's relaxation response and helps regulate stress.
0: Their spas are also lovely, and we are both big fans of their spa treatments, and we now offer discounts at both the online boutique and spa locations on all spa and med spa treatments. We are also thrilled to partner with Milk and Honey to offer a Courageous Wellness Spa Package called... The courageous wellness retreat at a discounted rate, the courageous wellness retreat combines a 60 minute milk and honey signature massage, which is a Swedish massage tailored to your needs, focusing on relaxation and stress relief combined with body brushing an exfoliating and detoxifying treatment that uses a natural bristle brush that you get to take home to stimulate your lymph and circulation while also reviving dull skin. Courageous wellness listeners can enjoy 20% off your next order at milkandhoney.com and 20% off your first spa service at any milk and honey location with code CW podcast visit milkandhoneyspa.com to find a location near you. And if you want to try the Courageous Wellness Spa package offered at a special rate, use the code Courageous Wellness Retreat to redeem. This is not able to be combined with any other discount or promotion. You can also find all the information in our show notes.
2: And so many times we want to transform our lives, but we don't want to tell the truth. But real freedom... Isn't free. Well, freedom really requires that we let that that we give give up what is no longer aligned. But many of us we hold on to who we are and our identity and what's not working out of fear, out of comfort, out of safety. So, question number one, as a practice, ask yourself: What lies am I telling myself? Sounds like a simple question, but what lies am I telling myself? Straight up. Raw, real, no BS, no rationalization, no judgments. What lies am I telling myself? You have to want the truth more than you want what you have. You have to want the truth more than you want what you want. And if you truly want the truth, freedom is possible. And the question I ask in many of my events is, what do you want more than anything else? What do you want more than anything? Thing else because many times we say we want to be free but we don't we actually really don't we want our comfort more than our freedom and that's why we hold on so asking oneself the question what lies am i telling myself and just really having the courage to be rigorously honest with oneself what am i bsing myself where am i lying to myself what what excuses am i, am I making where am i negotiating what lies am i telling myself transformation starts with truth also, I would just invite people to take the pressure off of yourself of having to take action. Because sometimes the fear of the consequence of acknowledging the truth freaks us out, triggers a defense mechanism, and now we go into, or I don't know, or confusion. And the confusion becomes a, a sort of a security from really having to take action. But when you take the pressure off of yourself of having to take action... This actually just allows you to just acknowledge the truth. Like, okay, if I don't have to take action, maybe I could just admit to myself, I hate my job. I've been pretending and I've been trying to be grateful for this job that I've hated for years. But the truth is, I hate my job. And just sit with that, burn in that, like feel the burn of the truth. The truth begins a process of marinating you inside. It stirs something inside. The fire of the truth starts a process inside. Or maybe you're in a relationship and you've been afraid and you know it's not a line. And just start by saying, I don't have to divorce, don't have to leave. But the truth is, I'm not in love. I'm not, I'm not in, I'm no longer in love. And that's the truth. Let me just don't have to do anything, but let me just feel that. And let that burn inside. So, the truth begin with the truth. Ask yourself, what are you pretending to not know? You know, what are you pretending to not know? Because I think there's a part of us at the deepest level that knows everything. Because at the deepest level, we are everything, you know. And and, and I hear sometimes people say, I don't know what what my purpose is, I don't know what I'm here to do in this lifetime. And I'm going to say, There's a part of you that knows. Deep down, sometimes it's easier to remain in confusion because if I'm in confusion, then I don't have to take action. And I can remain in the safety of the comfort zone of where I'm at without having to take the risk in life and put myself on the line and put myself out there. I can always have the the future, the hope of the future fantasy and possibility. And so what am I pretending to not know? Lastly, just to sit with the question, What is the cost of lying to myself what is the cost and that really is about you sitting with and feeling the pain feeling to, i think feeling is a key portal to transformation so really feeling like when we feel pain in our lives i say i like to say i think it's a gift To me, pain is a blessing. Pain is your friend. Pain is neither good or bad. It's just feedback, often showing you where something is off, showing you where something is not in alignment, showing you where you might be be betraying yourself but may not be conscious of it. Pain is a blessing. But as human beings, what we tend to do is we distract ourselves. We numb ourselves. We drink it away, sex it away, drug it away. I mean, sometimes even meditate it away, you know, as a way to spiritual bypass the deeper feeling of what this pain is. And pain is a messenger if we're willing to listen to it and course correct and readjust and bring ourselves back into alignment. So I think the truth, telling oneself the truth is a place that people can start. And if someone might be wondering, well, how do I know if I'm lying to myself? If I'm I'm lying to myself, likely you, you will be feeling some level of pain in your life, in yourself. And the pain might manifest as an emotional pain, like a depression, a heaviness, an internal, like so depressed, or some feeling of that. Uh, it can manifest as a temporary physical ailment that manifests in your body. It could manifest as an ongoing dis- disease. And these may be signs that you might not be acknowledging the truth consciously, but it's manifesting uh, unconsciously in your body or in your psyche.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I think you put it, the way you use words to like tap into these concepts, which I know Erica and I, I think a lot of our Buddhist practice in a way um, deals with very similar concepts, but the way you can use your language to create like sort of a universal understanding, at least for our, you know, Western English speaking culture um, is really, I think very effective. And I know for my, myself, um, through encouragement from wiser people in my life, especially when I was going through times of deep pain, I was encouraged to, um, you know, we chant every day and, and there's a, a scroll that we chant to, but it really just represents, it's a mirror of our life essentially. And the idea was like, she said, this one woman said to me, she's like, you can't, chant with your eyes closed. Like I kind of, am avoiding this topic because the idea is to sit and face yourself honestly and deal with whatever comes up so that you can then experience transformation. But the way you talk about it too, is just very relatable. And cause it's so challenging and we don't all have, um, structure or practice around this. And we certainly don't always have a culture that supports, um, being honest with ourselves and therefore even being honest with others too. I mean, we hold it in this sort of like um, as this virtue, but we don't necessarily have systems that support or teach us how to be honest with ourselves or show show us that it's safe to be honest with ourselves and safe to be honest um, with the people who are in our lives and that who love us. And so I think those are sometimes painful lessons, but like really liberating lessons too. And, um, so thank you for sharing that in the way that you do. Cause I just think it's very accessible, um, to hear it in that way. And I'm curious just to kind of reference your own personal story a little bit, yeah. you know, you were a pretty young man when you found the courage, um, to go against what the expectations were within your yeah. family. Yeah, And I think, um, you know, that's, I think that's difficult for any stage of life, but sure. I, I always admire, I see, I think I see children even in my own life more and more like finding courage, truly like being able to use their voice, um, to tell the world, to tell themselves like really who they are. And I, I you know, I get encouraged by that, but how at 18, did you just have this innate, like knowing or wisdom or something inside of you that, gave you, I don't know, that little extra push to say like, it's more worth it for me to be true to myself and knowingly enter a painful period of time. You said you didn't talk to your dad for two years, knowing that there would be pain along with that, but that the pain maybe of staying in that would be even deeper. How did you, I guess, muster up that courage? Do you remember? Yeah, I, I'll be
2: honest. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think it was like any great wisdom. Yeah, I think it was, I felt the calling of my soul mm. so strong. And I just, like, it just pulled me like the something I meant to do. The sun, I mean, at that moment, it was come to come to America, go into this, but I didn't know the specifics of what that would look like mm. at, at that time. But it was such a strong pull that I knew it, it, it felt undeniable i could have denied it i could have resisted it i i, I could have i guess but i think resistance is painful you know people yeah. talk about oh surrender so hard it takes a lot of effort to 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 hold on it's just that we've become used to it and so i think maybe because i was 18 maybe because i was a little innocent that that i was just in touch with it but what really helped was, I let myself feel the pain. And that was the thing. I let myself feel the pain. When I really looked and and I projected into my future, I chose not to go to university and I projected into my future and I saw that if I start lying to myself now and if I start living this lie now and I go down this road of 10, 20, 30, 40 years of living this lie, I, I saw the future I would have and I, and, and I remember saying to myself, shit, if I lie now, I'm going to have to lie for the rest of my life in order to keep this going. And, and you know, when you're 18, the rest of your life feels like a long, like long time. I mean, it's a long time, but it really felt like a long time. And that was so painful. It was so painful that I think I just broke. And I just, mm-hmm. look, it was terrifying. I mean, I was I was never close to my father but he was iconic to me, and so the last thing I wanted to do was break his heart and disappoint him. That was the scariest. It was, if you were to say, go into a cage of lions, or <laughs> or confront your father, it's not even a it's not even a question. Give me the lions, you know. Yeah. And and so this was a real. It felt I wasn't conscious at the time, but it felt like a soul test. Mm-hmm. Where where I had to choose myself, and I think we all have those. Absolutely, we all face those, whether we're aware of it or not. I wasn't consciously aware, but there was enough pain that made me go. Mm. But what I what really also helped was, I knew I would lose my father. In fact, as a boy, my fear was I would lose him forever, ever. Like I would never have a relationship with him. We didn't really have a close relationship, but I I, I thought. He would disown me forever. And that's what initially stopped me. So I had to make peace with that reality, with my worst case reality. And and when I basically made peace with my worst case reality, which was he was going to disown me and and we would not have a relationship, I had to grieve that.
1: Yeah.
2: And and it's, it's the grieving that... I think also allows the letting go It's the grieving. Like there is no real surrender without grieving because surrender in a certain sense is a form of death. Surrender Mm -hmm. is a death of the ego, the death of an identity, the death of a relationship, the death of a dream, the death of who you thought you were. For me, it was, it was the death of a phase of my life. It was the death of my relationship with my father and I grieved it. Yeah. I really grieved it and I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried and cried, and, cried. And, and and it was through that grieving that gave me the the breath to be able to say, okay, this is what I have to do. And because I grieved it and because I let him go, it wasn't easy. It wasn't any easier, but it it kind mm. of freed me a little mm. bit, you know, and, and that's that was was part of what enabled me to. to shaking as I was shaking, have the conversation and and own my life and claim my life and, 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 and claim my destiny.
1: Yeah. And that's, it's a perfect to transition into your new work, the magic of yeah. surrender. And I think surrender is one of the toughest things, right? Like I've, I've been taking notes yeah. throughout this whole conversation, like you're speaking to my soul. Um, you know, there's no transformation without truth, but sometimes even when we get to the truth, we hold on, right? Like that control. Ooh, I love control personally. control, (laughs) (laughs) Letting go of my (laughs) attachments has been a lesson, right? Um, So can we talk about this, right? How do we truly surrender and release control? This episode is brought to you by BASE. Ever wanted to figure out why you are feeling sluggish or bloated or what's really up with your stress levels? or why you never feel truly rested? With BASE at-home blood work kits, a simple finger prick or saliva sample makes it easy to find out the answers to common health concerns. Whether you know which tests you wanna get started with or you need some guidance, BASE's proprietary assessment quiz makes it easy to begin your health journey empowered with an understanding of your own body. Members can measure, understand, and improve their health levels related to the five most common areas of health concerns diet stress energy sleep and sex drive
0: the result of your hormone vitamin or nutrient tests are delivered to you through bases app and come with personalized recommendations including lifestyle changes supplement suggestions and more We both had the opportunity to try base and we love having the information at our fingertips and really recommend it as a resource. You know, we are huge proponents of advocating for your own health and base gives you a baseline information about yourself just to make it easier. Pricing starts at $59.95 per month or quarterly or you can start with base complete which are eight tests upfront for 450 we are happy to be able to offer our listeners 20% off with the code CWpodcast
1: To get started, take the base quiz, which will give you a recommendation for a personalized testing plan. Visit get-base.com slash CWpodcast to receive 20% off with code CWpodcast at checkout. You can also find the direct link to the quiz in our show notes.
2: Sometimes, and I just want to define surrender in a second for everyone listening, at least how I perceive it. But sometimes part of surrendering can be to even surrender to the to to this initial momentary experience that will not surrender and that can be a kind of surrender in and of itself to just surrender to like you know what i'm not surrendered right now i'm resisting right now and to not resist that resistance and embrace the surrender can be a deeper surrender than No, I'm not surrendered. And I've got to surrender. And what's wrong with me and beating oneself up and judging oneself into a state of surrender that really isn't surrender. It just looks like surrender, but we're still not really surrendered. And so sometimes the surrender is surrendering to the fact you're not surrendered in the moment and and breathing with that and acknowledging that because otherwise the ego, our perceived sense of self that gets created in the ways I just shared based on our conditioning to avoid pain and get love and we survival our ego then hijacks this this concept of surrender in its own way and tries to control the process of surrender which takes us in a further loop away from surrender because now we're controlling the process of surrender and so just surrendering to a moment of giving yourself mercy and giving yourself a bit of grace and a bit of empathy and compassion to say you know what a, I could be aware that I'm not surrendered right now. Wow, I'm 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 freaking controlling right now. Wow, look at this. And just because those parts of us that resist, which many times, you know, we read the books and then we're like, okay, I'm gonna surrender. And, and then we judge ourselves for not, you know, there's parts of us that are resisting and those parts of us that fight surrender and, and, and push it away, even though we know we should how can we not have compassion for those parts? They're, they're, they're trying to protect us. They're trying to keep us safe, often in the ways that we knew, the, the, the limited ways that we knew when we were very young, you know, and often what worked for us as a protection mechanism as, as, as a kid, now we're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, ends up limiting us. And so I think if we can meet those parts of ourselves that are resisting, knowing that it's not intentional, it's just survival. And, and and every behavior, every resistance has a positive intention. There's a positive intention underneath it. And even though we may not agree with the, the, the way we're going about the behavior of resistance, if we can meet the the intention, the good intention, like, oh, it wants to keep me safe, I see that, thank you, to meet that part of ourselves with with mercy, with grace, then I think a, a bit of relaxation can happen. We can just relax for a moment. Okay, I don't have to force it. Okay, I don't have to force it. Okay, I can just be with where I'm at. And you'll be amazed when we just be with where we're at, with loving. Then there's another relaxation. And then a deeper level of real surrender starts happening in that process. So sometimes, funnily enough, sometimes the issue is not the issue. The issue is our relationship with the issue and our relationship with ourselves as we go through the issue is more the issue of self, the deeper level of surrender. And so just to clarify, as we talk about surrender and maybe go deeper into the conversation, um, this is something I'm so freaking like excited about. You know, This was not the book I thought I was going to write, by the way. Uh, I've been humbled by this theme of surrender, because I had all of these great intentions to write another book. And I I, was like, what book would people want to buy? What book would sell? What book would be a New York Times bestseller? You know, everything from the mind, what book would be, what book would I like writing? What book would get me on Oprah? And, 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 And none of the ideas I came up with really, really felt in my integrity and alignment. The only word that stood out for me—I had a whole whiteboard—was surrender, and I thought, I don't want to write about surrender because it's so hard, and we all re- like we all resisted, and we know we should, but we did like who, what, everyone's going to run away. And it was so clear, like this is the book that is seeking to be written, and when I surrendered to that, everything started aligning, everything started making sense. And so, there's a misconception I think in our culture today that surrender is giving up, that surrender is waving the white flag, that surrender is weak, that surrender is passive, that if you surrender, you're going to be a doormat, you're going to be a victim, you're going to be left behind. You, you, you won't manifest your goals, dreams, or desires that you're going to get less than. And I really want people, I want to reframe surrender, and I want people to get that. What if you did get less What if you got more, maybe not what you expect, but more than you could actually imagine with your conscious, mental, limited ego's capacity to will and create your life? What if you got more, a life beyond what you could, even with your conscious intention, imagine? And what is more more love, more different and more and, and even more magical? And that's why I call it the magic of surrender magic magic is that which is in my kind of terminology that which is beyond your mental capacity to imagine what's possible beyond your wildest dreams we all want magic but we don't want to surrender we all want Mm -hmm. magic and so we control surrender is letting go of control or i'm going to say letting go of the illusion Mm -hmm. that we are in control like if you look at the last two years we've as a Humanity. We thought we were in control, but what the hell happened in the last two years with the pandemic and all this stuff hitting the fan? We're, well, maybe we're not as in control. I think we've been going through a global initiation as a humanity, and perhaps being reminded that perhaps we're not as in control as we thought. And so instead of going go this illusion of control, and control is the master addiction, and the and the ego, which our perceived sense of self that we have been conditioned to identify ourselves as. The ego's job is to reinforce its existence. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways the ego reinforces its existence, and to me, the ego is not like a thing. It's not good or bad. It's just our sense of identification based on past and experiences and memories, et cetera. And so the ego's job is to reinforce its sense of existence. And one of the ways we do that is control. We try to control and, shall I say, be the doer in everything, Because if we're doing everything and running everything and controlling everything, I exist. And and to truly tap into a zone of miracles and a zone of magic and a zone of possibility requires a willingness to let go of I am the doer, the sense of doing, the sense sense of control, so that we can then stop trying to force and manipulate our lives, letting go of the idea of who we think we should be and what we think our life should be, then we can truly open to life and existence and and the flow. And I think when we truly surrender, we allow. We allow life. We allow the universe. We allow ourselves to be guided. In that openness and allowing, we take the limits off of life and we're truly available to the deepest expression of life that is seeking to unfold and happen that we're often not able to see with our conscious minds. And so, I think surrender is the most powerful thing we can do. It, to me, it's the key. Like if you look at all of the great ones: Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, Mother Teresa. I mean, let's, let's talk about Muhammad Ali, Bruce Lee, uh, Mandela. They all surrendered themselves in a certain way. I'm going to say something controversial, maybe. Elon Musk even, you know, they all surrendered themselves. Like people say, Elon Musk? What do you mean? PayPal makes $200 million, right? Sells PayPal. Is guided to, to, to invest all of his money in SolarCity and Tesla. How many of us would invest everything we have because of calling? Everything we have, even in a business decision. Everything everything we have. I'm not saying you love him, hate him, agree, put that aside. But that's an example of surrender. He felt something that was true for him. He felt something and he followed it. So surrender is the willingness to follow the deepest impulse and the calling of your being, of your soul's expression, and then align with that and then live in alignment with that. So it's not being passive To me, it's not not taking action. It's when you really align with your deepest soul's truth, then you take action alignment with that, without attachment. And so that's just kind of an overview of surrender for us all to to sit with.
0: Thank you. I think it's, you know, it's very relevant and it's very hard. It's one of the hardest things, you know, as humans that I think we we, we deal with. It's hard,
2: it's hard, it's hard and it's easy. Yeah, it's hard. It just, just, just like I would always tell myself, to be honest, it's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. And one day I thought,
0: <laughs> what if it's nuts? not?
2: <laughs> what if it's not? Because, yeah. because here's the thing: we've been conditioned. Like for those listening on audio, I'm holding a, a, a making a fist and I'm holding a pen. We've been conditioned to hold so tightly to our sense of self.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: That this tight holding positionality of self-contractedness is what feels normal, but it's so hard to hold on. How, how, how hard is it to just let go, you know? Yeah. And and yeah. so, so just even reframing, like we've just been conditioned to hold on. It's actually natural to let go, but based on our survival mechanisms and conditioning, that's what, yes, that's what makes it hard.
1: Yeah. Well, and I feel like too surrender to me is like total trust, right? Trust. Like total trust is, is surrender. And I've been asking myself every day lately, if I knew everything was going to work out for me how would I show up?
2: And it changes,
1: right? It changes your entire, because that's what I fundamentally believe. And so it's like, do I trust? Do I have faith? Mm -hmm. Well, then that's how I want to show up every day. And it is, it's so interesting. Um, It's just, I agree. And I think Ali and I are very in alignment with this conversation. We've been having this conversation with each other, but as Ali already mentioned, your verbiage and the way you're able to communicate it is so clear and oh, so accessible, cool. right? Like it's a very, it's very accessible language. And so thank you. But yeah, I think that like, yeah, learning. This I just want to, tr-
2: you triggered something that there's a question I'd like to now ask everyone is how many things have not worked out the way you expected, but worked out more amazingly?
1: Mm-hmm,
2: then mm-hmm. you could have imagined like shit, I couldn't have imagined this. Or yeah. how somebody might say, Well, no, that's not true. I, I, I lost my job and it worked out worse in the moment. But yeah. how many things worked out maybe worse in the moment? But now looking back, wow, well, if I didn't lose my job, I wouldn't have moved home with my with my parents and I wouldn't have met that person at the grocery store who I ended up marrying, and right. the, you know the, the the ripples go on. And so sometimes, from the perspective of the mind or the ego. What looks like the worst is really not the worst. We're just not able to see the full range of what's happening and possibilities in the moment from the limited interpretation and perspective of our identity.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And we talk about that a lot. I think about that as you're you're kind of asking these questions to our listeners, but to us too, I'm thinking about all these examples. Like I wouldn't be sitting here right now doing this show had I not even had cancer seven years ago. I mean, things like that, where I'm so grateful for past experiences now, because my life blossomed from certain things that were deeply challenging in the moment. So you're right. It's like, it's a perspective shift. And, um, and Erica, I I kept thinking trust too, when you, you were talking about surrender and, and I don't know if it's the act of learning how to surrender in those moments, like maybe that practice that you develop more trust over time and it becomes, um, it becomes easier and it becomes more of that second nature. Or if it it certainly takes some trust to like practice the act, maybe it's like intricately linked, but I think, um, building, and it's not even a trust, it's not a trust in something external. It's a trust in something that is inside of you and that you, you can handle like, I don't know, in the beginning of the pandemic, something occurred to me where it was like, and, and you were just speaking to this, where we are human beings, we're not human doings, mm. but having to stop like the world, stopping my personal life, stopping my, a lot of the work that I do stopping forced me to have this recognition where it's like, my value is not in my productivity. My value is not in my doing. My value is simply because I'm here and I exist and yeah. everybody, everybody else is too, but it, you know, it took, at least for me, I would speak for myself, a global pandemic and everything shutting down and me being forced to sit at home for a few days in the beginning to to just like have awareness about that. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess I'm grateful for that moment. But as you said, like where it's all about doing, 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 but in fact, there's just value in us being, being existing, a al- lot being alive, and and-,
2: and, I, and I think because we're a culture where we've been conditioned to perform and achieve and do to get some kind of validation and self worth outside, that also that, that constant busyness outside has disconnected us from the nature of what we really are, and that disconnection is part of what makes it harder to trust. Because if we really just sit for a moment and we really even just start, let's just take it out of spirituality. If we just start by observing our biology, nothing spiritual, just observing one's breath. And you start like, if you really just sit and observe your breath for a moment and get into relationship with that truly, it's like, holy, what? what the hell is good? Like something know. is breathe. Like it's 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 really, I mean, you know, we got our life, yeah, yeah, but it really is amazing. Like when I just sit and just breathe and, and just inquire into what is that that's breathing? What is what is the breath? What is this intelligence? This we've been having this conversation, and none of us are sitting here. Going, Oh, shit, i got to control my breath. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Have to do some special breath. It's just happening in spite of us. And the same breath is breathing 8 billion people and all of existence. And and the same intelligence, innate intelligence is functioning your body and your eyes and your cells. And, you know, you cut your finger. This innate intelligence knows how to heal. Like, what is breathing us? And so even if we just took some, some time for someone who might be having a hard time trusting to not go anywhere, but just to sit and be with themselves and just get in touch with this mechanism and body and just sit with, what is breathing me? What is happening inside? You know, so being in touch with one's body and even then just observing nature. You know, I think this is another amazing thing in the pandemic, like we're running around that we miss like, wait a second. I don't know about the other day, but I think it was a week ago, there was a moon. And if you saw the moon, this pink, I was driving on the freeway. Oh my God, there was this moon that was like giant and I'm driving, trying to get somewhere and I see this moon and I couldn't believe the size of this moon. Like I'd never seen a moon. And I thought, holy, God, how is it that I don't trust when exactly. this living proof is right in front of me? The moon shines every day. The sun shines like the sun shining. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Wait a second. The sun is shining. How? we not trust. there's never a day when the sun hasn't come out in the morning like it just forgot to come out there's a cycle and there's a rhythm and there's nature and there's trees and then there's seasons and then there's a fish in the ocean and then there's all of existence is happening or you know all the species and we don't we don't trust we're just yeah. not paying attention and we are a part of nature we've just kind of forgotten in the tick-tock-ness of our living
1: Yeah. You're speaking our language. Thank you. Thank you so much for everything you've been able to share with us today. And oh God, I know, I feel like we're going to have to have you back for a part two. There's so much that we want to keep talking about, but as we wrap up, we always end with three questions. And I'm so curious about your answer to the first one as well. Um, We always ask our guests, what are some of your self-care non-negotiables? How do you take care of yourself day to day?
2: Simple. Uh, One non-negotiable is every day, no matter what, whether I'm teaching, whether I'm traveling, I exercise typically about an hour a day on average. And like today I did my one hour HIIT training, you know, high intensity, physical, full body training and just move my body. Sometimes it's running, sometimes it's it's the gym, but an hour a day as a foundation is non-negotiable. It's a choice. That's not a choice. Um, Daily meditation, just to sit. Just be quiet and be still. Those are two non-negotiables.
0: Thank you. And then the second question is, what does being courageous mean to you?
2: Wow. Being courageous means acknowledging my fear and the willingness to go where it is scary and the willingness to lean into what scares me and where the next evolution of my edges, where my deepest impulse is guiding me from deep within from my soul. And so I think for me, that that's real coverage is to follow, to follow that without compromise. Mm,
1: Beautiful. The last question we always ask is other than your own, do you have a book that has been particularly meaningful to you along your journey? I know there's been many that you've already met, or you've mentioned many authors already, but if there is any book that you'd like to recommend to our audience, um,
2: yeah, We'd many books to, yeah. are different stages, but the book that has, has impacted me that really never ceases to go out of style is a book called I Am That by a Indian spiritual teacher called Nisargadatta Maharaj. And no matter where you pick it up in your life, it will, it's like undiluted, you know, tequila or something. It just <laughs> It's just a straight shot of soul wisdom.
0: Uh, well, thank, thank you, you so you. much. Thanks, cute. And um, if anyone wants to find buy your book, find you, follow you, listen to your work, where can they do that?
2: Yeah, the book is available. Uh, the paperback is available on Amazon. So get it on Amazon. Check it out there. My main w- uh, website, cootblackson.com. Find me there. Um, Instagram, coopblackson. Facebook, coopblackson. Twice a year, I do a deep dive, a uh, 12-day deep dive of transformation, www.boundlessblissbarley.com
0: Thank you, Coot. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week